brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Back for more of High Noon with Nate Lucas and Bob Ramsey. out of line or yet you see Hackett out here he's still pumped up I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside and yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back he's always had yours yeah I love Nathaniel Hackett and those comments were very surprising um, to for a coach to do that to another coach my love for Hackett goes deep you know we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay kept in touch um, love him and his family he's an incredible family man incredible dad and on the field you know he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL just his approach to it how he makes it fun uh, how he cares about the guys uh, just how he goes about his business with respect with leadership with honesty with integrity and it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Wow, that was Aaron Rodgers yesterday on NFL Plus Network uh, discussing the comments made last week by Sean Payton that were directed towards Nathaniel Hackett, who was the failed head coach a season ago with the Denver Broncos. That was a disaster. There's no doubt about it. But he's reunited with Rodgers in New York. Uh, He served as uh, Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay. And really, Nathaniel Hackett's had a pretty strong resume wherever he's been in the NFL. So it didn't go well in Denver, but then for Peyton to come out and just like shred the guy publicly – it did seem like a bizarre attack, to say the least. And it uh, didn't need to be said. I mean, there was just no value, except your point. We were talking during the break. Why? And and he, he alluded to it in the soundbite. Why would a guy do that, the new coach coming in? Well, because now when I fail, believe me, it was all Hackett who left me this mess. i got to clean it up first he's before on it's the, on me. He's on the record saying it's too big of a mess. <laughs> he, wants that, he wants that first year to be completely on Hackett, Little, and then he gets the reins mm-hmm. a year from now. That would be, I think, the strategy behind his comments. 
Howard Balzer joins us on Mondays and, of course, out in the uh, Phoenix heat. But training camp's open and in full, full uh, display this weekend. So good stuff. But what'd you make, uh, H? First of all, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I assume you're going to ask me what I, what I made of the Sean Payton's comments, which even, even with that premise that you guys brought up and that Aaron Rodgers alluded yeah. to, yeah. it's, it's a little specious to try and make a point that a guy who was in Denver for one year as the head coach, one season, you know, it's not like he was there for four years and, and they had four years of pathetic play and all that, and, and the, the roster is barren and, you know, and all those things. It's not as if that was the case. The dude was there for one season. And obviously, you know, there were a lot of things that went wrong, some of it his, some other things. And to, like, point that out, perhaps to kind of relieve the pressure on you is kind of naive in some ways if that was really what he was trying to accomplish. And then, though, in some ways he stepped in it, in my mind, a little bit more when he said, well, boy, 40 minutes later, you know, I realized that I shouldn't have said those things. Well, you know what? It was 40 minutes later, you call the writer, who is Jared Bell from USA Today, who you've had a long-time relationship, and you say, hey, Jared, you know, I, I screwed up. That all, I want that all that stuff off the record. And it wasn't as if it was going to be published that quickly. So he didn't do that. And then he starts talking about, well, well I had my Fox hat on, you know, <laughs> alluding to when last year he was, you know, he was, he was on Fox on the, on the studio. Okay, I get it. Let's see. You got that this job in like you know sometime in January, maybe it was early February. He gets the job in February. Here we are, this many months later. You've had countless conversations with reporters, countless press conferences, and all of a sudden in this one, all of a sudden I thought I had my fox hat on. Come on, I mean, you, you've been around the block enough times to you know not 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 to say something like that, but. You know, it'll go away soon, but I'll tell you, it won't be going away in week five right? when the when the Jets play the Broncos. And, of course, no one in the New York media is going to be bringing it up then, right? So, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes, you know, from here on out. Yeah, I mean, look, Sean Payton, fiery guy, no question about it. You can go back to uh, some of the issues with the New Orleans Saints and Greg Williams and all that stuff, and he was suspended, right? I mean, Payton uh, yeah. wore a suspension from the league. So sometimes, you know, he certainly finds himself in hot water. But, you know, in some ways, it's just like, why do you got to take down another man? Uh, Exactly. And by the way, if you're going to take somebody down, why don't you take down the guy who decided to give Russell Wilson the fat contract that they did, uh, which had nothing to really do with Nathaniel Hackett when you didn't even have to? And that was before the new owners even took complete uh, control of the team. And, and, you know, in some way, and obviously he, he's going to be careful with that because he's coaching Russell Wilson yeah. this year. But he did, in fact, you know, not as pointedly take down others in the Broncos organization who were part of those things and were part of, you know, the whole thing with giving Russell Wilson, a, you know, his own office in the building and whatever other perks there were there, you know, for him. And some of those guys are there. You know, they're still there. So it's just strange. And, you know, someone, you know, can you imagine you alluded to, to Peyton when he had the issues with the bounty gate and, and all that stuff? Can you imagine if after the suspension, a coach in the NFL or an, a couple coaches had come out and said, you know, Sean Peyton has put a taint 
on on our league. You know, that's something that a head coach should never do. That's you know, that's just over the line. That's out of bounds. Can you imagine if a coach had said something like that then about what he had done? No, we, we can't imagine that because you just don't do it. And he did, and now he's you know living with the consequences. But that we also know, we'll like I said, we'll, we'll you know it'll it'll be yesterday's news pretty quickly until those teams play during the season. Mm-hmm. There is another strange story brewing out of Indianapolis. Uh, Jim Ursay and Jonathan Taylor had a little face-to-face meeting, and I think just about everybody was expecting it for it to be kind of a kumbaya and everybody leave happy, this, that, and the other. Doesn't appear to be the case. And now uh, Jonathan Taylor is is claiming that uh, any reports that he's got a, a sore back is fake news. Um, well, what is the latest in Indianapolis with the star running back? Yeah, it's it's you know Ursay has a way of uh, stepping in it also you know from time to time. And while I don't disagree with a lot of the things he said, I don't know if it needed to be said, especially with a guy that you're you're counting on at least for this season uh, to show some to show some improvement. And of course, you know Taylor has said some things also in a, in, in the midst of all these things being said, you know, by NFL running backs and and the unfortunate reality for them at least just the way it all is. And, you know, the reality is is that, you know, he didn't play that much last year. He had an injury, which basically speaks to why the Colts, or any team for that matter, these days are very hesitant about giving guaranteed money long-term on a five-year contract, whatever it might be, for running backs, especially when they get to 25, which sounds young, but by the end of the contract, you're, you're you're talking about 28, 29, close to 30, and all those things. And so that's, un- like I said, that's the unfortunate reality of that position. And you know what would happen if some team came out and said, "Well, you know, we offered, you know, we offered this, we offered this running back 15 million a year on a five-year deal, but only the first two years were guaranteed, and there was so there wasn't that much guaranteed money in the contract." You think a running back would accept that? Because they know that if oh you know if all of a sudden you're injured or things happen after those two years and you have three years of non guaranteed money left no matter how much dollars it is you're probably not going to be around and and that's the way the league you know ge- you know generally is looking at what's happening there so how this one plays out hard to say I mean he was already on physically unable to perform uh, because of you know coming back from the ankle injury last year and so his. You know, I, I don't. I don't know how it gets resolved because, like you said, it does seem to be, you know, a lot of a lot of things being said there that are going to be difficult, you know, to come back from and to take back. You know, I guess if there's something to be to, to take away from the Saquon Barkley whole ordeal, there was a lot of reaction to that, and in the end, Barkley ended up making a whole one million dollar more than what he would have gotten had he just signed uh, the one year. Uh, tenure I mean it's just it's sort of bizarre I think these running backs are obviously not thrilled with how they feel like they're being disparaged and not getting their fair value but I don't necessarily see what angle they can even come from at least until a new CBA is up and that's going to be a long time really the running backs are in a tough spot and I'm not quite sure how they're going to make any headway on on their um, uh, issue no you're 100% right and it doesn't have to be until the next CBA because a lot of times things get changed you know within the cba but the re- another reality is if you all of a sudden change some things for running backs then how does that affect other players 
you know, and all that, and all that. When you're talking about a, a relatively small group of players compared uh, to the to the whole league, and and with Barkley's contract, here's the tough part of it. You know, on one hand, you say, well, okay, well, you got some incentives, you can make another, you know, nine hundred thousand plus, but to do that, the way the Col- uh, the way the Giants structured the incentives were that the things that he has to reach in rushing yards and reset and and uh, rushing yards, touchdowns and receptions is they didn't want it to count against the cap this year. So the only way to do that was to make those incentives at a higher level than what he had last year. And then all of a sudden that, that becomes hard, hard to do. I mean, he had 1,312 yards last year. Now he's got to get 1,350, you know, plus the, you know, to, to get some of those incentives. So let's look at a guy like Josh Jacobs. If the Raiders were wanting to do something like that, I think he ran for, I don't remember, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it was over 1,600 yards. Well, just think of what numbers they'd have to put on that to make it, you know, not count against this year's cap. And so that, that will always be the case with these running backs. If they have a great year and now they want more money, well, how do you, you know, how do you work those incentives in terms of making it, you know, uh, you know, fit into your salary cap? So all of those aspects are a part of it that, that most, you know, most of the chatter and narrative out there don't talk about a lot of those, you know, those details. Chatting with Howard Balzer here every Monday and training camp officially open around the National Football League. Uh, Some scary video emerged late last week. Joe Burrow had to be carted off the field in what they're calling a calf injury. Uh, And I heard Zach Taylor, the head coach, when he was asked about it uh, this weekend on NFL Network, he said, well... I don't really know about opening or, you know, the first week of the season. I just know that he's got a calf strain and we're dealing with it day to day. (laughs) So he was pretty, he didn't really open up the vault in terms of getting a whole lot of information out there, but definitely a little scary to see a guy like Burrow hopping around and getting carted off the field. No, no doubt. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the people there explained that um, it was, it was, you know, it was a long way from where they were practicing to get somewhere, and they didn't want him walking that distance. And so they figured, let's just bring the cart in. But yeah, it can be a, you know, a scary look when no one knows what's actually going on. So if indeed it is a calf injury, we know just like hamstrings or groins or things like that, you just never know how long it's going to be until a guy is totally right. So that's why you know teams hate putting time frames on injuries because they try to be as conservative as possible or don't even mention the time frame because all of a sudden they say X number of weeks and then you get to those weeks and the guy isn't ready and all of a sudden you say, well, what's going on here? What's going, you know, so that, 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 that's what ends up happening. I mean, I would think that this wouldn't last uh, too long, but you also have to make, be absolutely sure that he is right when he comes back and that there's no danger for further injury and aggravating it and then making perhaps an absence even longer so uh, that you know that that is one that i mean heck you know it seems early you know we always say well it's early in camp okay yeah it's early in camp but it's <laughs> when you look at it i mean the regular season isn't that far away and this time goes relatively quickly and before you know it you're saying oh gosh we only have two weeks left and and what's happening this guy isn't you know whoever it is this guy isn't back yet so but you've got that's why you but that's why you've got to be extra careful about it Talk. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Robert. the other thing about that, Howard, is um, it's interesting that he had a compression sleeve already on that calf, and uh, so something already was going on there, uh, and that may I don't know, it just maybe complicates things a little bit, and um, uh, maybe at this time of year, especially 
with your key people, you don't want them playing even sort of hurt. No, you're 100% right. And it's funny you mention that because I remember last year before Kyler Murray tore his ACL, uh, there was a game that it was clear that you know he had, he had injured his hamstring and then he missed some games because of it. Yeah. And then he revealed that he'd actually tweaked the hamstring a week before but continued to play and wanted to play. I mean, the Cardinals obviously were going through a difficult season. And, you know, so th- there again, you have a situation where it probably wasn't 100%, and then he ended up injuring it mm-hmm. more. And so, yeah, ex- exactly right. Those are the things you know, that can happen. And they're even, I don't, know, I don't know if I want to use the word dangerous, but it's just, it's just difficult with those soft tissue injuries to truly ever know when it is 100%. And then where the player has that 100% confidence that he can just go all out and not have the fear of re-injuring it. And all that enters the equation of, of how you evaluate these things. Uh, give us your early impressions of, of the new Cardinals head coach, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, was listening. They kind of went around all the different camps, and they called it uh, Back Together Weekend. That's how they promoted it across NFL Network. But uh, some of the, the media were reporting on how uh, they were impressed with Jonathan Gannon early in just his back and forth with the media. What were your takeaways? Yeah, I, I've been impressed pretty much too. And, and, and you always have to filter a little bit when players talk because obviously when they're asked, what are they going to do? Come out and say, well, man, this guy doesn't have a clue of what he's doing, right? Or, or they're just very, you know, not, not very definitive in what they say. But all the players to a man have talked about a change in culture and just the, the, the accountability that is there now and how Gannon has his way of doing it, that he's you know, pu- pulling, putting down through the assistants, assistant coaches, and that's, those are the things that they intend to do. And if you're a player, you better do it. And so he does seem to have that plan. Obviously, you've got to have good players to win games, but he, he does seem to have the pulse of the player. is very engaging with them, very communicative, and, you know, he's doing some things differently. I thought it was, you know, Kyler Murray uh, spoke to the media on Saturday and, and talked about the thing that what, what he is saying. He hasn't obviously been able to practice, but he's in all the meetings. He's learning the offense. And he said a very interesting thing, I thought, when someone asked him about the different scheme. And he says, well, you know, schemes, yeah, schemes are something you have to learn. But it, a lot of times it's not necessarily just the scheme. It's how it's coached. And, and then it was interesting when he talked about uh, referring Lincoln Riley, who was his coach in college. And he said that was a different scheme, but he coached it very well. And he never mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. And then he talked about coaching the details and the different things that is so important. And he says, I think we were missing that. And so when you come out and say that, then that's, you know, that's pretty revelatory, I think, in my mind. And, and so guys are talking like that about him whether it's offense or defense. And that's been a thing, too. He was always a defensive guy, but he's showing that he understands the importance of being the head coach for the whole team and delegating to all his assistants, including uh, the two coordinators. So uh, he's you know, do, doing things differently than you know, a certain number of coaches do. And in time, we'll see if it can work. Because like I said, they need to improve players at a bunch of positions, but they still have, you know, they still have a decent amount of talent that could make this at least a season that is better than a lot of people are anticipating it will be. 
Chatting with Howard Balzer here on High Noon, 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. There's another little, uh, this story has been buried a bit, and I don't know, I'm sure the NFL will investigate it, and there's some interesting uh, video that hasn't been obtained, at least released publicly, but Tyree Kill down in Miami, he was involved in some sort of altercation at a boat marina, and... Um, I guess you know he wasn't charged with anything, uh, and so there, there's you know how the NFL kind of conducts these investigations. Uh, but clearly, something happened at this marina, and Tyree Kill definitely has a uh, a rap sheet of previous incidents. So I, I don't anticipate much coming out of this. But uh, have you? What have you heard about this uh, incident at the marina involving Tyree Kill? Yeah, I've heard exactly what you've heard. And and even though where uh, apparently it was it was agreed that there wouldn't be charges filed, I believe in this case, it's still something the NFL will always look at in terms of the personal conduct policy, whether the things that's happened to him in his past, which most of them, if not all, I believe, was when he was still in college. And so I, I, I don't believe they would go back to that in terms of if they decide if there's any you know, discipline, suspension, or whatever it might be. And, you know, they'll look at it, and, and the league will decide, I'm sure, within, you know, the next month. And it, it could end up costing him a game or two, depending on what that video shows and, and, and what they, you know, what they feel about it. So uh, you know, it just shows, again, that for all players, you just got to be really careful out there. And no matter what happens, if you were, you know, if you were provoked or whatever it might be, you just got to be really smart about things because it's going to come it can come back to haunt you so you know we'll see when more details uh, come out on that and see if there is you know that situation where where you might end up having to miss a game or two mm. for what it's worth he did say and when asked about the legal incident he said i can't be a bonehead like that and he is cooperating <laughs> with the nfl and is not worried right. about a suspension so Something to just keep an eye on. I also forgot that the Dolphins acquired Eli Apple, so those two <laughs> certainly have a history of chopping it up out there. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if there's apparently, been any... they yeah, yeah they contacted uh, Tyreek Hill before they signed him just to say, oh yeah, no, we'll we'll be cool, we'll be cool. And of course, they did that after Jalen Ramsey uh, suffered a meniscus injury and had surgery in the last few days, and uh, they're saying might not be might not be available until December. So that that's. That's a big blow for you know a guy like that who's as quality a player as he is not to have him for such a big chunk of the season. All right, last thing for you, H. Um, I, I don't know why. I am just getting the itch to announce my division winner in the uh, AFC West is going to be the the Chargers. I, I don't know why. I just For some reason, I'm buying into the hype. I really like Justin Herbert. I love the fact that they gave him the big contract. The Chargers have played the Chiefs competitive since Herbert's been in the league. Something tells me you can't win a division for forever. You know, at some point, it's going to end in Kansas City, the dream period. No, never. It's never ending. Could this be the year where the AFC West sees a different uh, team at the top? It, it could. I mean, you know, I know I'm going to hedge, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me because I think that is a quality team. Obviously, it's hard to pick against uh, the Chiefs just because of you know everything they have been able to accomplish. I think there was a season, I forget which one it was, a few years ago, where, where the team, I think they tied for first place, but the Chiefs ended up winning it on a tiebreaker. But, you know, they're the champions until someone knocks them off. So I'll just say this. If, if they would win it, it wouldn't surprise me. But, 
I'll, I'll still say, obviously, the Chiefs are still the team to beat in that division. And can it go on? Well, yeah, hey, Patriots won a lot of consecutive divisions. Of course, they didn't have a team perhaps in that division for most of the time as good as the Chargers. But, you know, they'll, they'll and you're right, they always do play the Chiefs tough, but they always, most of the time, they find a way to lose those games. So uh, that will be really key if they can, you know, fi- find a way to beat, beat the Chiefs, if not once, it, who knows, maybe sweep, but that would be a tall order, obviously. Well, maybe if that head coach will stop going for it on fourth down 15 times a game, they might actually be able to pull one off against Kansas City. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Hey, before you let me go, yeah. I just want to, you know, next, next week when we, when we uh, talk, I'll come back from Canton uh, from uh, looking forward to a, another great celebration there. I leave for Canton on Wednesday and, you know, looking forward to see, even though Don Coriel uh, won't be there, obviously, he will be there in spirit. I've had a chance to talk to his daughter on a number of occasions uh, during the last few months. And uh, for those who uh, want to reminisce about Cordiel, I'll have a story on the website later in the week, which I will only, I will only prepare everyone by saying it's an opus. It has, it has an amazing amount of stuff in there with stories and people talking about him and his, his eccentricities, if you will. And uh, just, I think it, it's long overdue that, you know, he's, you know, going into the hall of fame and, uh, really, really pleased for the family uh, that they'll have this weekend to celebrate that. Should be a terrific weekend. And we got football on Thursday. How about that? Yes, that's exactly right. Hall of Fame game Thursday. Three days. <laughs> Browns and the Jets. You know, we'll, we'll watch it for about five minutes and say, okay, enough of this. Let's get to the regular season. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll start the debate of why is the preseason so long? Let's speed it up. Let's get to the regular season. Anyhow, all right, H, we'll, uh, we appreciate it as always, and great to cover a few topics with you each Monday. All right, always enjoy it, guys. Take care. Have a good one. See you, Safe travels, man. All right, there goes uh, Howard Balzer. We will step aside with Bob Ramsey, Cole Bartimus, I'm Nate Lucas, and this is High Noon on 590 The Fan.